right, Mark, thanks for that creative original about the need to pray and be before God. I thought it'd be really cool if I could have like flown up here right now, wouldn't that be? <laughs> Next time, okay, we'll just work on that behind the scenes. That would have been really fun. Oh, you know what? Welcome today. I'm just so glad that you're here. I know that Father's Day has a lot of uh, emotion around it. Uh, it seems like even more than Mother's Day at times because uh, fathers have such an impact in our lives and uh, they have... Uh, uh, when they're not with us any longer, uh, the, that impact can be felt in a huge way. And uh, also fathers, sometimes they don't get it right, uh, honestly, and that leaves a hole in our lives. And so that hole can be pretty big sometimes. And uh, also, uh, I know that some of you are fathers and, and your children are no longer here. And so when you come to Father's Day, you're just longing to have that child say, Happy Father's Day to you. And so it brings some emotion as well. Uh, but also, for dads, it brings some emotion. Uh, some of us have regrets. Uh, some of us, uh, we look at our parenting and, and we look back and say, I wish we could have done it a little differently. Uh, and uh, at the same time, uh, I know that all, most of the dads I know, uh, they do their best. They always just, they're just doing their best. They're doing the best job they can with what they've been given. I know that was true about my father. And uh, so today, dads, we want to just take a moment and honor you. And first of all, I just want to thank you so much for being here today because that speaks volumes to your family. Beyond anything else I think you could do is when you pursue God. And that's what we're going to talk a lot about a lot today is how you can model that. Uh, my dad was pretty corny. Uh, and so he always had, uh, you know, just cornball jokes and, and the things he said were just off the wall. And you just really had to get, get, get to know him. And he, you know, pretty much used the same ones all the time. And uh, and so we would just kind of laugh with my dad and, uh, and that, you know, just the sayings that he would give us. Well, we're going to watch a video now that's going to remind you of some of the things that your dad said to you in a funny way and maybe not so funny way at times. And then also it's going to be tagged with some of the things that your dad said to you that you may have overlooked that had tremendous meaning. So let's watch this. My dad used to always say to me, Do you think I'm made of money? Turn off the lights. Do you think money grows on trees? Turn the heat down. If you're cold, put on a sweater. You call that music? Turn that down. Turn it off. We're not lost. No, we're not there yet. Don't make me stop this car. I will turn this car around right now. What part of no don't you understand? I'm not just talking to hear my own voice. I'll tell you why. Because I said so, that's why. Call it a haircut? What keeps those jeans from falling off? Tuck in your shirt. Wipe your feet. Get your elbows off the table. The early bird gets the worm. You want something to do? I'll give you something to do. When I grew up, I had a job on a farm at 13. Oh, as long as you live under my roof. Stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. <laughs> How's the job search going? Don't touch my car. My first car only had three wheels. What is this, a pigsty? Go make your bet. I walk 10 miles to school. Through 10 feet of snow. Appeals both ways. In my day, when I was your age, I had three jobs. This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. Do you need anything? Are you sure you don't need anything? You can be whatever it is you want to be. As long as you tried your hardest, that's what really matters. You'll get it next time. You did your best. That's my boy. That's my girl. I'm proud of you. Real proud of you, son. I'm so proud of you. You'll always be my little girl. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Thank you so much. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Dad. Daddy, I love you. I love you, Dad. 
All right, all right. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We just want dads to know how much we love them. So dads, why don't you stand up? Let's give you a round of applause today for all you do, for all you say, for being there with us, for being here today. Thank you so much. We just want to bless you. And thank you so much. Your family applauds you, your loved ones, and this church does as well. So thank you so much. And God's blessings, richest blessings upon you. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a workshop. We're going to talk about some of the things that you might need. And uh, we're going to look at a section of the Bible that's going to help us to focus on uh, certain things that we need, especially if we're a dad, if we're going to be able to craft the product that God's called us to craft, and that would be a family or a person after his own heart. Now, as I'm thinking about workshop and, you know, kind of setting up today, uh, my mind went back to my favorite tool time dad and his workshop, and so we're just going to watch a few clips from tool time. I'm going to show the audience something you don't ordinarily do with a potato. You might want to keep the kids away from the TV set. (laughs) Here's a safe way to take a broken bulb from its socket. You simply take a cut potato, jam it into the socket, twist, and in minutes you have thousands of curly fries. A wonderful snack. Or TV time. I doubted the razor, but I gave it a chance. Please do not mock my potato. You say potato, I say stupid. (laughs) Tim, this will work. You twist and pull the broken bulb right out of the socket. But first, you must jam it in the light. (laughs) Unplug the lamp. Introduction to Benford's small line of industrial magnets. The Mini Mag 100 is perfect for picking up screws and nails. It can also pick up small tools that have carelessly been dropped behind the workbench. Perhaps the fault of a co-worker. <laughs> and the Minimag 2000. Small, but powerful. 10 pounds will pick up 400 pounds. This would suck the Tin Man right through a keyhole. Well, it was designed to pick up sheet metal, so you want to keep it pointed... To, to, to... No, no, just... Slide it. Slide down. Pretty powerful little thing, isn't it? I'll tell you what, if I worked in a shop, that's what I would do. That'd be just like, just like me, so I can really relate to how much fun that was um, to be able to do that, but also to focus on that. So uh, if you want to go ahead and grab your program and look inside, you're going to find what we need for today. Specifically, grab your connection card and have that ready. You might just write your name on it right now. Grab your message notes out uh, as well, and so you can have those as we get started today. So what I want to do is I want to kind of, you know, set the playing field a little bit and just to help dads relax a little bit. You know, I know that uh, Father's Day, uh, oftentimes dads can come and they can, uh, they can say, well, you know, on Mother's Day, uh, it was just so wonderful and honoring and, 
uh, mothers were so encouraged. And on Father's Day, we got the hammer, <laughs> you know, and they can come feeling like that the church is just about giving dads the hammer on Father's Day. And so I just want to kind of help us out with that, but also even culture and the way that culture comes at Father's Day. Uh, I saw one person talking about that this week and said, you know, Father's Day and Arbor Day, they're kind of equal, okay, in our culture and how we look at that and how we come at those two, Arbor Day and Father's Day, kind of right there together. So dads, I just want to help us out to to, kind of realize that all of us dads, as I said a while ago, we did and are doing and will do our very best. And I just want you to know, our very best will oftentimes not be enough. Oftentimes not be enough. Right up front, I just want you to know that there are no Superman dads. There are no perfect dads. And there is no perfect family. I want you to know that my family is far from perfect. As I try to you know, relate and go through times, and I'm just pulling my hair out at times. And you know, it's so easy for me to help other people know what to do with their kids and with their families. But when it comes to mine, I just go, my brain just freezes up. I don't even know what to say except do it now because I said so. You know, something like that. That's not even going to work at all. Uh, so I just want to get it out on the table that my family's not perfect and your family's not perfect. No family is perfect, every family has issues. We are imperfect people trying to pass on our faith and our knowledge and our wisdom to the next generation. So Des, I just hope that you would, with me today, that you would be willing to agree with this statement. And here's the statement. It's so true. We have all messed up. Okay, we have all messed up. And so I'm just going to get, you know, just let us out. And I want dads to say this, men to say this with your most manliest Tim the tool man, voice. I want you to say these words with me. I've messed up. One, two, three, go. I've messed up. He knows it. (laughs) I've messed up. Let's do it again. I'm not sure you really meant it, okay? Your manliest voice, okay? Here we go. One, two, three, I've messed up. I've blown it, and so we all know that we have, and the playing field as level here. And you just need to know, this may set some of you free, God uses broken people to pass faith along. He uses broken people to pass faith along. So therefore, we're all qualified. We're all qualified to do that. Parenting requires a bucket load of grace, a bucket load of grace from God in order to parent. I know parents, and you would look at them, and you would say, if any parent should produce a perfect child. It would be these parents. They seem to do everything right. They provided their kids with every opportunity, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. And then you look, and one or more children just goes south. I also look at families, and you think, wow, if ever a child could come out of that family that seemed to be able to make it in life, it would be a miracle. And you see families like that, and you see Every child in that family seemed to soar. Every child in that family seemed to soar in that way. So that I just want you to know this. kind of helps us to understand this. There is no way to fully control or predict how your children are going to turn out. I wish I could give you a formula today. I wish I could tell you if you did these things, I could guarantee you that your children are going to turn out this way. But it is just not so. And so people will look sometimes and they say, well, Ron... 
if we would just get back to traditional values, if we would just get back to traditional values, then we would have a better chance of our children turning out right. If we would just get back to old-fashioned values. You ever thought that? You think that sometimes? Okay, if you think that, read the Bible. Just take a, you know, take a journey through the Bible. Begin in Genesis. Just, just begin in Genesis. Cain and Abel, the first children alive on the face of the earth. One of them, they have anger issues. Cain kills his brother. Cain kills his brother. You look at Noah. Noah, hi, Noah had a lot of problems as he was trying to be a dad, and he also had problems with alcohol along the way. Uh, you look at Joseph. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. You look at David. Oh, man, David was a mess up as a dad. One of his sons raped his sister. The other son killed the brother, and then David wouldn't do anything about it, so that son comes back and burns down David's fields in his face just to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to get back to perfect, the perfect world, I just want you to know it's just not possible. There is no perfect world. And so I just want to say this, dads, you cannot control the outcome of your family. You can only influence the outcome of your family. You cannot control. You can only influence. So grab your message notes, and we're going to look. Grab your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we're going to be at today. And we're going to look at these verses that usually aren't used in, in the context of family, but I want to use them in the context of family today. So first of all, let me give you the big idea. And you want to write this down. The big idea is this. A dad influences the destiny of his family by equipping them for life. A dad influences, doesn't control, can't predict the destiny of his family by equipping them for life. So dads, that's your job, is to influence your family for life. Now, just in case you forget how important you are, dad, because we can sometimes forget, and our culture does a great job of helping us feel like we're irrelevant. But a recent study done by Berna Research on the spiritual belief and trends of teenagers, this is teenagers, showed that when they were asked this question, and it was an open-ended question, open-ended question, who influenced them the most in life that the majority of teenagers said their parents, that their parents were the highest influence in their lives? And when asked, who is your greatest spiritual influence, the number one choice, again, was parents. Was parents. So dads, just know that you are essential to your children, and they look to you. You may not think they are, but they look to you for advice, and they look to you for influence in the area of life and spiritual matters. So dad, I just pray that you're going to listen today, and you're going to be able to focus today, because your what you do influences your family greatly. I was reading about a kid, and uh, he was praying his prayers, and the dad just happened to walk by his bedroom, and he heard the kid pray this prayer. God, I just want to be like my daddy someday. And so the dad goes down, he goes to his bedroom, and he gets beside his bed, and he just gets down, and he says, God, I want you to help me to be the man my son wants me to be. Because he knew that as he lived his life is how his son would be influenced if his son really wanted to be the man his dad was. So we're going to look at these verses. They're from 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Uh, Paul is the spiritual father to Timothy, who is his spiritual son. Paul's around 70. Timothy's around 30. And uh, Paul has been mentoring him, and then he's now sent Timothy out to start churches. And Paul's writing to him to talk about uh, ways that he can... Uh, 
He's building Timothy up on the ways that he can be the influence in his culture as the pastor. So 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. If you have picked up a lobby Bible, uh, we're on page 915. And he writes this. He says, But you, talking to Timothy, must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us and equip his people to do every good work. If you're looking on your message notes, you see I bolded the word equip. equip. Go ahead and circle that because that's the word that we're going to use as our jumping off place to talk about how we can equip our workshop, but how we can equip our family for life. So the goal of parenting is to influence the destiny of those who are in your care by equipping them for life. Now, I just want you to know, this is not as difficult as we may make it out to be. If you think it's difficult, I just want to encourage you to go back to the first message we did on forming family faith, where I kind of set us free that day and said it's not about us being theologians, it's not about us being scholars, it's not about us knowing programs, it's not about us knowing systems, it's not about us being extroverts, it's not about us being introverts, it's not about all those things, it's simply about us modeling, that's what it, modeling for our children Modeling for our families the things that God calls us to model so that they can be set free. So I just want you to know, Dad, just right up front, you can do this. You can do what we're talking about as we go through this. So we're going to use that word equip, and that word is a unique word. And uh, I just want to help us to know some of the nuances that can help us to focus. You know, the Bible is just a wonderful book. In fact, I can't wait till we get to uh, the fall and we get to go through this 40 days campaign that's going to take us through into the Bible for 40 days uh, as we get to look at the, you know, the word in a new way. But this word equip has three meanings I just want us to focus on that'll help us as dads today. The first meaning is this. You want to write these down. It means to outfit a ship. It means to outfit a ship to get it ready for a journey. It means to prepare for a battle. It means to prepare for battle, to get ready because challenges are coming. It means to mend a broken bone. It means to mend a broken bone. Now, that's what it means, and we're going to take each one of those and how we as a dad can do those things to equip our family for life. Now, notice this next verse. It says in Psalm 127.1, it says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is useless. So let's just agree that this home building stuff is God's priority, but it's also his design. It's his agenda. He's the general contractor, so to speak, and we are the construction hands doing his job in our home. So let's look at those three pictures, and I think it's going to help us out. We're going to move into a time of communion today. First, every family needs to be equipped for the journey of life. Every family needs to be equipped for the journey, and I just want you to add, of life. That's what we're talking about, the journey of life. So that phrase, outfit a ship. One of the commentaries I was reading this week talks about this whole idea, and it's talking about a ship being prepared for a journey. So it's outfitted with ropes, making sure the ropes are all in place. It's outfitted with sails, and it's tacked out for the sea. In other words, it's stocked with everything they would need for the journey that they're going on. So in the home, what we do is we are equipping our children, we're equipping our family for the journey of life. Now, I would go through the whole thing and do a ship analogy today, but I'm just thinking about 
the number one thing about a ship and the journey of life, the number one thing you need to know before you even begin, before you even can stock it, before you can even get it with all the supplies you need, you need to know where the ship is going. You need to know where the ship is going. You have to begin with the end in mind. You have to begin with that end in mind for your family. What is the end for our family? I'm not talking about, you know, you look at your children, the career they'll choose. I'm not talking about the relationships they will have. I'm not talking about the homes that they will live in. I'm not taking, talking about the locations in which they live. I'm not talking about the cars that they're going to drive. I'm talking about you need to know where your family is headed. So the first thing you need in your workshop, if you're going to need to know where your family is headed, is you need to have a set of plans. You need to have a set of plans. You need to have blueprints on where your family is headed because you need to know the final destination, and then you need to know how to get them there. So I've got two sets of plans here. The first set of plans, these are the master plan documents for our 21.5 acres. Master plan documents for our 21.5 acres. This shows our final destination as a church family. This is what we ultimately hope that we would be able to do on this location. Now, everything that we do has to fit, between now and then, has to fit with this master plan. Here are the plans. This is the design that's currently going on right now for the pavilion barbecue community area that we're going to build right out here in front. In order for this to be able to work, we have to start with this and say, how's this going to fit with where we're going? So we have to have the master plan and make sure it fits what we're going to do today fits in with the master plan if we're going to get where we want to go. So every workshop, every family needs to have and they know where it's going, needs to have a set of master plans. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to give you the, the destination for every family. It's in Deuteronomy 6. It says this, Moses is talking before the children of Israel go into the promised land. They're just going into the promised land. He's saying, here's your final destination. This is what he says. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So what is Moses saying is the final destination for a family. He's talking to the family of Israel, but this would be for every family at this point. He says, the final destination for you is that you would reach the, the point where your family loves the Lord their God, loves the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and then another translation, at all, I mean, another place in the Bible, that's mine, mind, mind and strength. So that's the goal. That's what a family, that's what you're building, is you're building an organization, an organism, a family where everybody in that family loves the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so what God wants, this is a challenge. And this is where dads, I'm just going to encourage you to step up. I'm going to challenge you this one. Step up. And here it is, is that your children need you to be adamant that our family serves the one and only God. Amen. The one and only God. Our family serves the one and only God. Now, this is getting hard. This is getting harder more and more in our culture today. And uh, I was reading the, about this, um, uh, this author. His name is um, Christian Smith. And Christian Smith is a sociologist of Notre Dame. And he said, the number one religion, the number one religion in America today is moralistic therapeutic deism. Moralistic, therapeutic deism is the number one religion in America today. And here's what it says. It says this. There is a God. Oh yeah, there's a God. 
It's a God who wants everybody to be good, everybody to be kind, and let's just all love each other. That's the God of moralism. Then there's a God, and there's a God, all right, and he wants everybody to be happy and everybody to feel good about themselves and to be all full of self-esteem and all that stuff and just be, and that's therapeutic. And then there's a God. This, it, all, it all focuses on there's a God. This is why it gets so confusing. There's a God who doesn't necessarily want to be part of my life. You know, he's just kind of out there and he's there when I have problems so I can pray to him and he can change the way things are. That's deism. So moralistic, therapeutic deism. That's the number one religion in America. Oh, by the way, and they add on, everybody goes to heaven. Everybody goes to heaven. So that's the number one religion in America today. It doesn't have, they don't have meeting places. They don't have books. You can, I mean, they have lots of books you can read about it, but there's not a Bible where you can go and you can really understand it. But that's what's being taught is the spiritual, um, that's what people are being taught is the destination, what they should be looking for in America today. And so what we have to do as dads is we must stand against that. We must stand against the flow of this religion, this moralistic, therapeutic deism. We must stand in the face of that spiritualism by we must model what it would look like for us to follow God ourselves, the one and only God in the face of everything else, the one and only God. So how do we do that? How do we show that God, you know, what God wants for our lives by the way that we live? We pursue it ourselves. So dad, this is a challenge, is that you would pursue it yourself. You pursue God. The best way is when you model not when you teach it, when you model it. So when you're a parent, you just know your life is on display. I wrote to you this week in my uh, email blast this phrase and this quote I thought was really good. It said, your children will do what you say when they are young. They will do what you do when they are older. What you say when they're young, and they will do what you do when they're older. So it's important that you model it. Now, that's what Paul says to Timothy in verse 14. He says this, you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you can trust those who taught you. So you must remain faithful to what you know to be true about God. So for dads, for families, your kids will do what they see you doing. They will do what they see you doing, not what they hear you saying. And so it's your responsibility to set your family toward the course of loving God by loving God yourself with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. So you do that yourself. Now, if you do that, what it's going to mean is, is that you're going to go, you're going to be rushing headlong against the current flow of culture. And it's not going to be easy. And you're going to stand out. But as you lead the way and you're going against the flow of culture, you become the one that's causing culture to flow more slowly and around you and your family can follow you more easily. But it begins and starts with you saying no. Saying no to yourself. This is hard, Dad. Saying no to yourself. And this is even harder, Dad. Saying no to your kids. Saying no to your kids. And the way you say no to your kids and no to yourself is to say yes to God. It's just that simple, to say yes to God's control. God wants you to be a man who loves him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and you just got to hear this you will not haphazardly drift toward the family of your dreams 
You will not haphazardly drift. You must decide. You must commit. And I believe that's what Joshua did. If you look at Joshua 20, verse 24, verse 15, it's recorded this. And, the cho- and he's making a choice to go against flow and go with God. And he says this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the first thing we have to do is we have to set the destination. Second, the word equip means to prepare for battle. And what that means is, is that we have to prepare our family for the challenges of life. That battle, the challenges of life, the challenges that they face. Second Timothy 3, some of the verses that you know so well. In fact, I can't wait till we get to these in the 40 days campaign. We're going to, we're going to relook at these then. Uh, from a totally different perspective than we are today. Uh, uh, Paul says, You have been given the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So a little while we're going to have communion. We can have communion because the Bible talks about who God is, who man is, what God did about man's condition by sending Jesus Christ to die for us, that when we say yes to Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven, we can be redeemed, we can be renewed, we can be restored, and then because we're redeemed and restored, we can be refocused and we can have a new purpose. And so that's what he was talking about here, and so we can all know Christ. And he says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now this, life is full of challenges, isn't it? Life is full of challenges. And dads, the way your kids learn to face challenges is by watching you face challenges. By watching you face challenges. So, every workshop needs to have plans. Secondly, every workshop needs to have, ta-da, the toolbox. Every workshop needs to have the toolbox and the toolkit. And there's lots of things that you might put in your toolkit or your toolbox. But the number one thing that you need to have in your toolbox or your toolkit is this. The instruction manual. You need to have the instruction manual. So you know how to work out life towards the destination that God has called you to go. So you have to have this instruction manual. This book is our compass, if you want to use the ship analogy that we were talking about just a minute ago. It's our compass. God's word speaks to us and it tells us how to trust him through the challenges of life. As Kim and I have been through the challenges of our lives over the last, I'd say, 14 to 16 months, is that continually this book has shown us how to face those challenges by helping us to see how God works and trusting him in the face of tremendous difficulties. I shared with you Psalm 73 a few weeks, you know, we were out at the park share with you Psalm 73 and how that became the theme for us on facing challenges that we knew that every day, no matter how we felt, no matter how things seemed to be going, that God was taking us by our right hand. He was personal. He was right there with us, and he was leading us forward. He was giving us his wisdom. He was giving us his counsel, and he was leading us forward into what the Bible says there, a glorious destiny. And our kids got to see us live that out. I mean, I know you talk to us and you tell us all the time, you know, about how that when we were facing that and how I was going through treatments, that it was, it was inspiring to you to see that, you know, that um, like people who know me well, never took a day off, never missed a moment of work, was able to go through that by God's grace, but it was because of this book giving us comfort and strength. And when you face challenges in life with integrity and with strength, then your kids learn that as well. Now, I know Father's Day... 
a lot of, you know, a lot of us have pain, especially guys. We have pain over the way that our father treated us. We have pain over the way that um, our father maybe treated our mom. We have pain over the fact that our father's no longer here. And many men, especially at Father's Day, they miss their dad or they miss the dad they didn't get to have. And so, man, I just need to tell you, you got to deal with this. You can't go on with this hole in your life. You have to deal with this. You have to show your children that you can face the pain of your life and that you cannot carry the bag. You, won't, you, won't, you just won't put up with it. You won't carry the baggage that you've been given by your earthly father any longer, but you will step forward because I guarantee you, here's what, this is what scares me. I'm giving my kids baggage that they'll carry on the rest of their lives unless they do something about it. And so what I want my kids to see is that I don't bash my parents. Kim doesn't bash her parents, but we get down into the mess, and then we ask God to take the mess and heal us, and then we talk about it, and they see it, and they see how we face the challenges of life ourselves. So you have a choice. You can either wallow in the troubles, wallow in what you feel, uh, blame someone else, or even blame God, or you can choose to let God change you. And what happens is, in this book, you read how God comes into even the messes that I talked about, and the, many of the messes that you see in the Bible. It's a story about God's redemption. It's a story about God's plan, and we learn from him, then we're able to step up, and we're able to go forward, and our kids see it, our family sees it, because we, they see us in this book. They see us studying this. God's word is a lamp into our feet, it says, and this is our number one tool in our toolkit. Okay, third idea is this. I'm going to skip these next verses. Uh, The third idea is this, is that the word equip means to mend a broken bone, and that means we must equip our family for the emergencies of life, for the emergencies of life. And uh, the symbol I have, or the, you know, the item that every workshop needs is, I hate to say this, but every workshop needs a first aid kit, Okay, and you know what? I sure hope nobody in our office needs this today because I've got it on the stage. It says, keep and copy your room, so I'm probably going to get sued if someone back there has a problem today. Okay, so this is a first aid kit. Why do you need a first aid kit? Because accidents are going to happen. Life is going to happen. Emergencies are going to interrupt. Pain is going to be part of life. So that we need a first aid kit. We need a first aid kit because a first aid kit, when we have that, we show our families how to deal with pain and suffering, the inevitable pain and suffering that comes into life. Also, here's why we need a first aid kit. When you're a dad and you get the opportunity to use this with your child, then all of a sudden you enter into another world. You're not teacher, you're not coach, you're not counselor, you're not consultant, you're not CEO anymore. You are now compassionate father. And every child needs the, a compassion of a father to come along and tenderly help them. I'll never forget when Kim was gone to Uganda uh, on one of her trips over there that uh, Jordan had just gotten her ears pierced. And so she had gotten her ears pierced right before mom left, and she was uh, having a hard time with the, you know, the back and the, you know, this, it was like in the early stages, so there was infection, and then the infection went away, but it was just really bugging her. And so she had a hard time keeping her hands off of this, you know, this earring. And, and then one day she came to me and she said, Dad, the back's gone. 
the back's gone. I said, oh, no, the back's gone. I said, well, where'd it go? And I don't know where it went. And so I said, well, let me see, Jordan. And, and I looked, and the back of her ear was just raw, and, and I felt, and the back had gone into her ear, under the skin. Okay, so I'm going, oh, okay, Dr. Ron, you're on. <laughs> And so I, I, knew, I knew what I could do. So I, I had her lay on the bed, and I was just tender, used compassionate words, knowing that anything I do was going to freak her out. If she really knew what I was going to do, it would freak her out. And so I just kept talking. I'm going to be able to do this. So I go to the bathroom. I get a pair of tweezers. I bring the pair of tweezers in. I put some alcohol on them so that it would be, you know, it would be uh, sterilized. And I pulled her ear back, and I just, got, I just looked, and I said, I, I've got one shot, Ron. If you don't get this on the first shot, she'll never let you get back in this position again. You've got just one shot here. And so I put the tweezers in there, and I felt, and I kind of felt where it had been twisted around, and I gripped it as tightly as I could with the tweezers, and I grabbed her ear and didn't say a word, just poof, popped it right out. And it came right out the first time, so we doctored up. But that was one of those moments where what Jordan needed, she didn't need me to talk to her about how it got in her ear. <laughs> she needed me to talk to her about how I could get it out. And then I was there for her. And that's what our family needs, is our families need us to be compassionate. Be compassionate. Now, I just want to just say this, and then we're going to run into communion. Okay, here's what we're going to say. I'm going to leave you this picture. Okay, so I've got my family workshop. I'm coming in, and this is just some of the things you need. You need materials. You need all kinds of other things. I've got my plans. I've got my toolkit. I've got my first aid kit. I got, I'm ready to go, and I'm coming in, and I'm just saying, I'm going to go through life. Is this the way I get to go through life? Do I go through life this way? It would be kind of awkward. But you know what? I don't need all these. I only need this. Because this is my guide. It gives me my destination. This is my toolkit, my instruction manual. And this is my first aid kit. It tells me how to face difficulty and pain. And what I want each of us to know is that we all have a compassionate Heavenly Father who speaks to us through this book and touches us, touches our hearts. And we're going to celebrate Him right now. We're going to have a time of communion. This compassionate Father did the most horrendous thing. He gave his son that we could have life. So our ushers are going to move into place so they can serve us in this time of communion. And as they move there, I just want to lead us in a prayer before we take communion together. Father God, I thank you in advance for what you're doing in our church right now. What you're doing in the lives of the people who are here. I thank you for that you are the most awesome of fathers and that we would look to you for guidance, look to you for wisdom, and look to you for compassion. And so God, I just thank you so much that every person in this room has an opportunity today to choose to go forward with you. As these verses say in Ephesians that you gave your son on the cross so that we could be adopted into your family because you are the perfect father and we need you as our perfect father. And so God, as we come to this time of communion, I want to pray for every man in the room, every dad who has communion today, that this is a time when they can be restored. Maybe you've been walking far away from God or you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, that you can be restored through forgiveness. Just say yes to him. You can be renewed. 
you may, you know, have, you may feel so far away and you've made so many mistakes or you're just so tired today that you can be renewed and you can be refocused. That God wants us to fulfill his purposes in this world. And dads, just know that you can leave here today free and you can leave here encouraged knowing that your heavenly father is helping you and going with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.